the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And it is Lifeline. It is our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard, Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Hi there, and welcome to the program. Good to have you with us. We are going to tackle a subject tonight that I, I, you know, dealing with folks in the last week or so, it's come to my attention that, you know, I mentioned this. There's a couple of things, a couple of topics that we here at KFAX on Lifeline will mention, and we know instantly a lot of people are going to change the dial because they don't want to hear it. Uh, We are not going to talk about this tonight, but one of them is tithing. Your wallet, right? If, if I came on this program tonight and said, hey, we're going to talk about giving, tithing, and what what belongs to the Lord, I, I know most of you would just kind of flip the dial instantly, right? Uh, we're not. But there is another topic that sadly a lot of folks will tune out on because... Well, for a variety of reasons, and we want to do our best to address those reasons tonight with you. So please don't tune out. Uh, I know that there's a lot of guilt associated with. I know that there's a lot of misunderstanding and miscommunication with this topic. But it is the topic of prayer. You know, it's the one thing we talk the most about and the one thing we do the least of in the body of Christ. And so what we desire to do tonight here on Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard is encourage you and empower you when it comes to, you know, and we say it, there's power in prayer. And yes and no, there's power in the one we talk to. Mm. That conduit is called prayer. What we want to talk about tonight is your relationship with the Heavenly Father who has not only created you, but has birthed you into his kingdom and has said, come and talk to me. Come, let us reason together. He, this, the God of this universe has opened up a conversation with you and has given you the opportunity to come to him at a moment's notice and say, hey, I want to talk to you about this. And it's as if he sits at the edge of his seat going, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. (laughs) Phil, welcome to the program. There's the foundation of where we're headed tonight. And we've got an exciting program, don't we? I I think so. If Jesus was uh, our guest and he was teaching, we'd be asking him, teach us how to pray. Mm -hmm. And uh, imagine the early disciples who grew up in the synagogue grew up on the Psalms, grew up with the uh, rabbis, and yet after they heard Christ, they said, we obviously do not know how to pray. And uh, he starts telling them, well, you don't want to pray like hypocrites. You don't want to be show-off. 
Uh, it's not a time to show off your English grammar or your education. Uh, your eloquence. Your eloquence. And it's not a time to shout it on the corner. Uh, but he teaches us to pray. I thought I would read some things from church history on prayer. Let me read a few things. It says, There has never been a spiritual awakening in any country or locality that did not begin in united prayer. A.T. Pearson mm-hmm. said that. Uh, here we got an R.A. Tory that said, There have been revivals without much preaching, but there has never been a mighty revival without mighty prayer. Uh, Jowett said one time, I'd rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. Yes. And uh, I'm afraid, uh, being a preacher boy that started out at 15 and did not know how to preach, please please believe me, I, I was totally embarrassed at my efforts. And I had to start reading Presbyterian and Baptist books just to learn how to outline a sermon. But the thing God taught me from the ninth grade through high school was to have a daily prayer time. And I did that going to school. I prayed more going through high school than I did daily as a pastor because I made this vow to pray so much a day. And uh, you know what? It made all the difference. Uh, The first big battle of a 15-year-old where I lived was, can you stay pure? Hmm. Can you leave girls alone? And uh, uh, in my neighborhood, that would be a big accomplishment. And uh, so guess what I did? Instead of looking girls over, I looked God over. I stayed in prayer, prayed. And though the boy didn't know how to preach, doors started opening. People are calling me. I don't even know why they did. But eventually, I could speak. Uh, Good enough to do it 60 years later. But prayer. But now when I talk to young men in ministry, maybe men in seminary, uh, the big unspoken guilt in the church is the absence of prayer. Yes. I mean, a pastor will readily admit, if I pray 15 minutes a day, concentrated prayer, that that would be a big devotional time. And you're going from the Luthers and the great men in church history who had plenty to do, wrote more in, uh, they say Luther's writings would be an encyclopedia. Right. He wrote, so they weren't laying around doing nothing, but he said, I've got so much to do, I'll get up an hour early to pray. Yes. And so that today, is there that sense of the holy when a guy gets up to preach, or is this the local salesman? Is this the local gimmick? Is this the newest method? Oh, no, what really counts is music, as though music is what would change our world. Right. He said, what about a word from God saturated with holy, fervent prayer? And so great movements in history were born in prayer meetings. And I ask myself, I ask our audience, how is prayer going in your church and how is it going in your life? Yes. I mean, especially your home. You, you know, your home life may be messed up. 
how much prayer are you devoting to that? And, and I love that from Luther that you spoke of just a moment. He says, I've, I'm so busy this morning. I'll, today I'll have to spend an extra hour in prayer just to get through it. I mean, where has that kind of thinking gone? It, I don't see that anymore. Do you? Don't see it hardly at all. And I think you talk about the home. When I was going to a seminary, uh, in the winter terms, we stayed in a dorm. And so many other missionaries, pastors, different ones were there. And, and the winter was cold, and we were a bunch of lonely guys away from home. And this one guy, he just—he was the older guy among us. We're, we're sitting around talking. We're all students. And he said, hey, guys, how's your prayer life with your wife? And all of a sudden, you could have dropped a pin and heard it. Nobody said, we just said, what do you mean, Earl? Earl Comfort. And he said, oh, he said, if, if you're not praying with your wife, you're missing a little bit of heaven on earth. Yeah. He said, isn't it amazing you can get naked with a person, but you can't pray with them? <laughs> You know, very telling. Very telling. So, so, so if you're carrying a beef, if you're carrying a secret agenda, uh, can you pray with your wife? And uh, that you, you very seldom, I seldom hear of a man praying with his wife. And I went for years and did not because uh, I I went my basement. She had her devotions. I had mine. We still do that a lot. But it is so sweet to hear someone that you're living life together with, raising children together with, dealing with issues together. Uh, why don't you get with a prayer partner that you call your wife? It is so hard for our adversary, the devil, to separate something that is so knitted together in prayer. So knitted in prayer. Well, that's the foundation that we're laying out for tonight's program here on Lifeline, our Truth For Today edition with Pastor Phil Howard. <laughs> I'm glad we get to edit that. <laughs> well, that's the foundation for tonight's edition of Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. We do need to take our first time out of the night. We'll do so, come back, and continue the conversation all about prayer. And hopefully, we'll try and answer a few questions and address a few concerns you might have about your own personal prayer life. So stick around. I'm going to probe our pastor tonight and see if we can't get some answers for you. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It is Lifeline with uh, tonight's host, Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. It is our Truth For Today edition. Tonight's topic is all about prayer. And we've kind of laid our foundation of where we're headed. The design tonight is to encourage you in prayer. And if you are like folks that I've spoken to just in the past week, that prayer scares you a bit because it gets you in the presence of a holy God and there, there is maybe there's guilt in your life. Maybe there's hidden sin. 
There are a variety. You know, we get the notion that people don't pray because they don't know how. And I, I got a sneaky suspicion that most of us know how to pray. It, I, it's real easy. In my mind, prayer is my five-year-old asking daddy for a glass of water simply because he can't reach the faucet. It's that simple. It is somebody with an inability communicating with somebody who has ability to please do what I can't. That's prayer. There, there's no, there's no formula really. There's, we have the Lord's prayer. Lord teach us to pray, and Jesus is kind enough to give us an outline. But the fact of the matter is, it's God, the God of this universe, who is longing to have fellowship with His children. And if you claim the name of Christ, you're lumped into all of that. So if your prayer life is lacking, it's not so much that you don't know how, it's that there are other reasons. And I'm finding, if if truth be told, and if we are honest with one another, a lot of it is guilt and fear. You're getting in front of the God of this universe, and that scares you. (laughs) I think in our uh, whole... We're watching our surroundings of uh, church life, uh, secular life, uh, teaching our kids about gender and sex when uh, the parents ought to be teaching it, not a teacher. Uh, The invasion of the home front and then this prayer life, uh, that is, we don't go through professionals to pray. Mm-hmm. I think of growing up, isn't it an amazing thing when you cross this threshold that you no longer see your parents because they buy you a Christmas gift? You, yeah. you no longer see your parents. Uh, us five kids never got tired of going home. Mm-mm. to see her folks and I didn't go there to, for my mother to do something for me or my dad to do it it finally the maturity says um, I cannot pay back the debt of love for those who raised me the debt of love for those who nursed me through sickness the debt of love uh, that you took me to church and shared Christ now when do I ever enjoy my dad just because I love what he did, what he is, and what he did for me. I mean, that my life came from him. And I think God the Father is looking on his children and say, I sure wish you enjoyed being with me. Uh, I I wish uh, I could get in your uh, daytime calendar. Uh, I I wish it wasn't such a burden the idea of talking with me. Uh, oh, what needless pain we often bear just because we won't go to him in prayer. Right. So that let's switch it. Let's don't call it prayer. Let's call it, uh, uh, I want to go to someone I could tell every struggle, every financial debt, every lustful thought, every proud uh, thought. I mean, who can I be emotionally transparent with and leave the room loved as much as when I came in? Mm. And uh, God the Father, that's why most men don't have many friends. They can't afford the the, uh, humiliation of transparency. Mm. You know, I am a big sinner. And yet Hebrews 5 says, when God gave Israel a priesthood, he gave them men of like 
weakness that they could sympathize with the people. And many of us pastors come off arrogant, come off self-sufficient, come off like above it all. We can't be tempted. Quit lying to our people. Quit lying about yourself. Uh, We wouldn't make it if people weren't praying for us. Spurgeon often said, if this church quits praying for me, that's the Sunday I resign. Yes. Now, if that was true in your church, if your pastor had another week, depending on your prayer life concerning him, <laughs> would he last another week? I'm, I'm afraid. I, I thank God for my sister. I thank God for a few old-time saints that prayed. And uh, all the programs, all the music, all the, the financial budget. Uh, hey, I had prayer when I had none of that. Yeah. And, and you know what? We'll have it after it's all gone. Again, one thing we'll continue in eternity is prayer. Yes, it won't end. It won't end. The, the, Evangelism will end, it, but not prayer. Not prayer. And and yes, it, oh, 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 man! Don't see now. You're getting me going. I have, now we're going. Now we're going to heaven. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, um, there are so many facets to all of this, Phil. Um, not only does guilt, and, and I've seen this personally this past week, uh, folks afraid to come to God because they're so ridden with guilt. But you've touched on it just now as well. The, the, the other side of that spectrum is people who just don't have time. Uh, they're too busy. And they just don't they don't have that awe of, of, of the God of this universe. They don't have that wonder that draws them back to the throne of grace. And that's the first thing Christ said. Start off by saying, I hallow what is known of my Father. Hallowed be your name. And that's a be. That verb is be. It doesn't say hallow is your name. It is your name. No, it's be. God knows what it is. Yeah. But he said, I want to hallow it. Yes. And it's, you know, I guess the question is, um, are we all of the lepers who left after being saved or are we the one who comes back? And sadly, um, I think today that uh, that whole paradigm is still in existence. The, the most just walk away, and it's the few that come back. I I will say, I, I over the years uh, working with you and Valley Bible Church, it was Spurgeon who said we exist because of the boiler room. Yes, and the boiler room was those hundred or so people who would always and they would be down in the boiler room. That's where they would start early in the morning, and they would spend the day on the Lord's Day praying for the worship service. Yes, and and Spurgeon said, "Man, that's you know, I I see a boiler room here." And that's what's always attracted me to Valley Bible. And what I've delighted in, the ministry that goes on here, is bathed in prayer. And that's a rare thing these days. Well, we have to fight for every generation to learn that. Because man is innately proud and self-sufficient. And uh, God is an add-on. You just think, if the only relationship you had to your kids is to fill my want list... And we call this prayer. You go to prayer meetings. I go to our Wednesday night prayer meeting, this church, and, and they're wonderful times. But you go to some prayer meetings, you can catch up on the latest gossip mm-hmm. uh, or get an organ recital of all the organs that are hurting. Right. Uh, and so that 
uh, you never get to reverence, you never get to adoration, uh, you never hear or see a tear that I'm moved at the thought I'm in the Father's embrace. And according to his word, his ear is in that room. For he says, I put my ear into the prayers of the righteous. Mm. Now, what a graphic picture to think the ear of God is in this room. And whatever I say, he he doesn't need hearing aids. Mm. He hears well that he hears even when I can't utter what I ought to hear. I, I have a, a dear, dear man in my life that just got news of a... Uh, tragic death and uh, how can you articulate uh, when uh, death has seized one of your loved ones Yeah. Uh, where do you go well I know what he used to do let's go to the bar Yeah. I get drank to two in the morning I'll still be miserable but at least I'll be drunk yeah. uh, now all he's got is Jesus and a few people that know Jesus I, friend, let me tell you, we don't need uh, any therapy. We don't, we've got a God who massages the brokenhearted. Mm. He said, I'm close to the brokenhearted. And if you don't believe it, uh, please track his son in Gethsemane and, and tell me what it's like when you're in your Gethsemane to see him uh, praying. And I, I was with a woman one time, and I said, Dear sister, her husband just died. I said, I cannot drink the cup for you, but I can at least be with you. Yes. That's all the decide. That's all he said. If you'll stay awake, it'd be a bonus if you pray with me. Yeah. But just be with me in my brokenness. And of course, they failed uh, miserably. Uh, I think of Peter for the rest of his life. Uh, I think of how many times I've slept through things that I should have been awake. That yeah. If I could have done it all over again, could I have not been awake? And uh, now on that note, we'll take a quick time out, but we will come back and we'll come back with uh, some encouragement for you on the backside of prayer. Does, does God, is he really faithful to his word? Does he, is he really attentive to your prayers? And does he answer? And what does that look like? Well, we would like to encourage you towards that end, so stick around. This is Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard. And now from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we're back. It's Lifeline. And Pastor Phil Howard, our uh, guest host tonight here on Lifeline, our Truth For Today edition. Usually the fourth Friday of every month, we get a chance to come to you and say, Hi, you want to... You want to meet our God? Let's talk about him. And that's exactly what we're doing. Prayer tonight is the subject that we're talking about. And, you know, as we were talking during the break, fame spreads flame. And so what we'd like to do is take a bit of the fame of God and his desire to answer prayers and share that with you, hoping that you'll find some encouragement in it as well. You know, I my mind, Phil, goes to a couple of things real quick. Uh, number one, God's big on remembering. Uh, we were just talking about this during the break that, uh, you know, God has uh, uh, Joshua pull out 12 stones out of the Jordan for the purpose of stacking up so that 
they will remember this day that God brought them through the Jordan and dry ground during the flood stage. And it's for it's not just for them to remember, but it's for their kids as well. Kids. On that note, it's always good to keep a prayer journal. And I've always encouraged this. I'm, I know you have as well. I've, you've, you've encouraged folks from the pulpit yes. to uh, to keep a prayer journal for this very reason. And, and, you know, you can see these reasons pop up throughout Scripture, and we'll do that. But uh, we've, 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 brought a, we've brought a ringer in, haven't we? Sure. Well, I, I think uh, before we uh, invite Larry to share... Uh, answered prayer and his own take. Uh, As you shared there, I think uh, if you grew up in a non-technological age, that you didn't need a cell phone, you didn't necessarily need TV, and I sat at a table with seven people, okay, right? the, uh, the siblings and my mom and dad, guess what? We heard oral tradition and oral stories so that all of us kids and even grandchildren can almost say, well, that's number nine story. That's number 10 because they were repeated, repeated, repeated Mm -hmm. so that I can quote so many things from my folks because you were at the table. We ate dinner together. We didn't watch TV together. We ate dinner together. And oral tradition God met us here. God did that. 19 such and such, he did this. He did, And you grew up with it. And just like Deuteronomy said, your kids ought to hear it when you sit down, lay down. Mm-hmm. And so both Larry and I grew up around, uh, and his own father was a storyteller, really uh, could really tell a story. Uh, and so... You've got a history. You inherited a way of thinking of prayer. Answers, adoration, privilege. Right. And uh, uh, Larry, you'd be good to share. What did prayer, how did it shape you? When did you really make it a way of life for you? Yeah, I would say probably I was to my own uh, admission of silliness maybe in my life. I always knew prayer works. I always knew that it was uh, a foundational piece of being a Christian. It was one of those benefits you get from believing in Christ is that you can go to God and ask Him for anything. You let Him weed out whether it's His will for you or not, but you ask. I think that's uh, scripturally we're told that we, you have not because you ask not. And if I'm trying to figure out exactly how to ask, sometimes I would maybe neglect to ask. And so I just ask and uh, continue to do that. But I think I was probably in my early 30s and I, I got a hold of a book uh, by Jim Simbla, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire and read that book and um, just the uh, the biblical aspect of it I, already, I think I knew I think I already knew that it was the thing you're supposed to do but I think that just the history inside of that book of God answering prayer there at Brooklyn Tabernacle and how that church became a church about prayer and uh, I was there not that long ago and there's still a church about prayer um, they, they, you go to their Tuesday night prayer meetings there, and you better get there early or you won't get in. And um, and you watch, um, I think, something that's honoring to God. You just acknowledge that you need help, and um, that's prayer. Prayer takes humility. And um, if you don't, if you're not humble, you won't pray because <laughs> you think you can fix it. Right. And um, that is a really 
bad position to be in because God says he abhors the proud. And when you're not humble, that's a form of pride. So I think that, um, you know, we, we tease around about that, you know, about the word humble. And we mess with that a little bit. We were doing that earlier even just kind of playing with it. Oh, you know, I'm good at being humble and a lot of other things. You say things like that. But I think that if you're not a humble man, you won't pray. And I think if you are humble, you will pray. And so, because you're acknowledging that you need help from something that you can't do yourself. And everything about God, when you think about it, um, everything, including prayer, is all Him doing everything. Yeah. It's just us accepting that. File file back in your brain for a moment, yeah. Larry. And uh, is, is one or two instances come to mind that you can think of where God has stepped in and, and shown Himself to be strong on your behalf? Um, yeah, probably a whole lot more than one or two, but I think uh, uh, there's some that come to mind as, as simple as, but yet a huge thing, um, praying for a Christian wife, you know. Um, it was my understanding that if, because I know who I am, that if, if the choice was left to me alone, I would probably make a bad one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> not on purpose, but because <laughs> I felt like I need God's help in that because yeah. he has someone. Uh, I'm as simple as if you go to Adam and Eve, um, when Adam was by himself, we go all the way back to Genesis. He's by himself. God recognizes that. And I think maybe Adam had recognized it, hadn't formed a question yet, but maybe he recognized all these animals are in pairs, but I'm by myself here. God says not good for him to be alone. But I did notice that he did not create, he did not put him to sleep and take, you know, 11 ribs from him and make 11 women out of that and then give him a choice. Mm. He said, I'm going to make someone that's perfect for Adam. Right. And so I believe, I don't know how beautiful Eve might have been, but I believe in Adam's eyes, he had never seen anything more beautiful than her. Right. So God created in that. And so I always felt like, well, if that was true for Adam, that's probably true for me. There's probably one person that he has in mind for me. And so I I figured left to myself, I probably wouldn't do a very good job of finding that person because I would probably look at the wrong things, which is typical of man. But I started at it. I started to pray about that. You know, Lord, I'm, I'm too young to get married at this point, but I think you have someone out there for me. And there's something about that that and when you, young singles need to hear this. Yeah, yes. there, was, there was something about it that then, it, it's very interesting. When you get to that point where you just leave it on him, it's a very relaxing thing then. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to find somebody. Huh. You're just waiting for him to send them. Liberating, isn't it? Yeah, it's very liberating. And so, you know, I've had that. That was an answer to prayer because I believe I got the one or that he gave me the one that was perfect for me. You found And how real. long have you been married to that gal? It'll be 45 years in February. All right. So I got married when I was 20. And, um, you know, it, some people will say, oh, you were so young. Yes, I was. But I had a God that was a control. And I think that I won't say we've lived this perfect married life. You know, that would be foolish of me. But I would say that he has been the one constant right. in the relationship, which gives you hope. Yes. And, and, it, and it sets you up to to make mistakes still. But realizing that God can help you fix those mistakes. And um, I would say in that relationship, I got the much better end of the deal. Um, and Phil would probably heartily say amen to that. Um, <laughs> got he a was, wonderful gal. He was there when my wife got saved. Yeah. And so 
Um, so that was one that I would say has carried. Probably. That is so important. I'm so glad of, out of all the things you could share because we're dealing with different uh, young people right now. Sure. Uh, it's a dangerous field for our young Christian men and Christian women to want to date, to uh, want to. They want companionship. They they want to do it right. They don't want to be immoral. They don't want to violate God's word, and some of them. Uh, they're restless. They uh, they don't know if they can trust God to find a mate. And it's refreshing to hear God answered my prayer. And I, I am I'm of the same opinion, same for myself. It's, yeah. it's encouraging to, you know, the first thing you pull out of the hat of prayer, answer prayer is, is your relationship with your wife. It, uh, it speaks volumes of just how important marriage really is and it also speaks volume of just how faithful God really is that's right yeah we've got to take a quick time out when we come back we'll continue with the conversation with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules our truth for today edition I better get this out truth for today you can listen to truth for today Monday through Friday right here on KFAX at uh, um, 530 in the morning uh, 430 in the afternoon and Sundays at 830. And uh, you can find us online, truthfortodayradio.com. Or is it dot .org? I think it's uh, dot .org. Truthfortodayradio.org. Dot .org. Okay? Quick time out. We'll be back as Lifeline continues with Pastor Phil Howard. And sitting in with us tonight, uh, Pastor Larry Howard as well. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we're back. It's Lifeline in with uh, Pastor Phil Howard tonight. I'm Andy Froyland. You're your moderator. And uh, Pastor Larry Howard is joining us as well. We're talking about prayer tonight and, and God's faithfulness to answer our prayers and just how encouraging that really is. And there is a lot of encouragement to all of this. Uh, we were talking about the first prayer that has been answered that you pulled out of the hat, which is is pretty significant. Um, And I think a lot of folks, they tend to avoid this one prayer, don't they? They do. They do. I I think it's such an important area of your life. I was just saying off off air that the implications of God providing you the proper one, you waiting on God to send that right one. And then I'm amazed, as, as Phil was saying even off that how many people don't consider God in courtship? Yeah. Which is just crazy to me because, you know, 45 years in February, that's amazing. But I know why that is. It's not because of anything in me. It's because of the one that's in me and not not of me, but in me. And so I'm like, you know, um, I think, and, and Phil said it best, your wife will have veto power in your ministry opportunities even. And I'm thinking in that, when I was thinking of that, I thought of the many men that I knew that I thought were probably more knowledgeable than me, probably more talented, better speakers than me, um, better at a lot of things than me, who I won't necessarily say they were disqualified by their wives, but they definitely weren't qualified by them. Yeah. You know, and I think of that, I'm like, man, I don't think I'd be where I'm at without that girl in my life. Was it and that was important. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Lloyd-Jones. Um, said it was it was God who called Martin to the pulpit and he's called me to keep him there. Oh, that's beautiful. That's a great line. Beautiful. And that, I heard that before. Yeah. But I, I and I I, I I know for a fact um, women like that just don't 
fall out of the sky. No, no. They are birthed in your your wife, if she is a godly wife, is birthed in prayer. Yeah. If I, truth be told. I had a pastor friend of mine tell me, had it not been for the wife God gave him, how that uh, in the, his years of struggle and wondering a bit, he said, carnality would have destroyed me. Yeah. But he said, uh, when you've got this praying woman uh, there, uh, he said, what a mighty weapon in God's hands. Yeah. Yeah. I think back, I just think that, um, and I think you guys would reiterate it with me, is that there's, um, I've had multiple people pray for me, and I've been privileged to hear their prayers for me. And I've always appreciated anybody that's praying for me, obviously. And in leadership, of course, we need prayer desperately. But um, there's no one um, that I can think of that is more powerful to hear pray for me than my wife. Oh, oh boy. You know, it, it, I mean, the one that knows you best yes. praying for you seems yes. to be a uh, a thing. Now, other areas, I, I'll, I'll segue away from that because I'll start crying <laughs> if I'm not careful. Right. But uh-huh. I, I, I think on. I can remember um, um, finding out how desperate we were, you know, as a church even. Here at Valley, I, I remember um, being in a meeting as an elder in a what we called an executive elder meeting at that time it was me and pastor phil and our um since retired uh, executive pastor at that time was tim ballstrom and um tim was reporting to phil and i in the meeting that valley bible church was about seventy thousand dollars in the red and um that's never a good position to be in <laughs> and um and i mean i think we were in the red red there was no there was no balance funds that could help us fix that it was just we were in the red and it was a, a crucial time. And um, Phil went to Chronicles there. I think it was Chronicles there. Second Chronicles Second, 20. Yeah, Second Chronicles 20. Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat says, um, you know what, Lord? We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Hmm. And we begin to pray in the room. And Ron Hughes will either, he's either been on the show already, I don't know, because I came in late. He's coming in. He's right coming in. You. Okay, so he'll be in. He, yeah, I'm probably stealing one of Ron's. But um, he walked in the room while we were still praying. I think Tim or Phil was praying and I looked up and saw him walk in the room and when we finished, he had an envelope there with him and he said, you know what? Um, I was just opening mail. So we're asking God, can you, we don't know what to do with this dad thing, but our eyes are on you. Yeah. And Ron walks in and he goes, well, while you men were praying, I was opening mail. And in opening the mail, we got a check for $70,000 from somebody. <laughs> now, in our prayer, we had no idea to even ask of that resource, or that source, I should say, of the resource. But all of a sudden, here's a source that we weren't even aware of, and boom. And we, I mean, what do you do then? Well, we're, we're great administrators, you know. And oh, Let's take the credit. Oh, great men have got, no, no, we prayed, and boy, we immediately started thanking the Lord. And, and guess what? I think the history of God answering prayer is what's very hopeful for you when you pray. Well, and it, it was it Ian Murray in his book. Uh, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the book. It's on the Second Great Awakening here in, in America. Is it on revival? Yeah, a revival and revivalism. Okay. Thank you very much. He says uh, he comes to the conclusion in one of the chapters there that when God purposes to move amongst men, He will first get them to praying, and that's that's really what we're we're seeing, isn't it? Church I mean, history. Th- it the is. prayer had already been answered. Yeah. 
Yep. It had already been answered. He's already dispatched the answer. God is already two steps ahead of it. Yep. But yep. he wants the acknowledgement that we can't and he can. Will you not please help? Please help. And what a yep. delight that is to his ears, is it not? Yeah. And you tell him, and Larry sharing that story, there's a kind of a famous story that comes out of Dallas Seminary that yeah. when Lewis Chafer in 1930, he starts a school in 29, hard times, depression, stock market failing. And Harry Ironside was with him, mm. and they were praying uh, even John Walford tells that when he signed his contract to teach at uh, Dallas, uh, Lewis Chafer said to him, he said, now you know we can't pay you, John. This is just a formality. And Walford said, these were the circumstances in which we hired faculty, but they were praying, whatever the debt was, praying. And while they were praying, a uh, cattleman uh, came into the office and uh, well, they didn't know they're praying over here and writes out this check, gives it. And Ironside had been praying, Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. <laughs> yes. please, please sell them and give yeah. us the cash. And whoever it was came to the door and said, men, the cattle have been sold. Here's the check. <laughs> yes. And so over and over, God, believe me, dear listener, yes. listener, God's reputation is tied up to being a prayer answering God. What you want to answer, is there anything blocking blocking that channel. There's a famous story that Peter Marshall tells, and, and the name of his sermon was The Keeper of the Springs. True story that uh, they kept in a New England town. They had a guy on the payroll that his whole source was to oversee the water source and check it, which was fed by springs. And uh, while the budget got a little tight, they let the man go. It wasn't long before the water uh, became contaminated. Uh, people were getting sick in the town. And so all of a sudden, city council said, what's happened? We've been known for this great and wonderful water. And so they reached out to this man, said, find out what's our problem. He goes he goes up to the head of the streams to pull out logs. Sometime deer would die die in the spring. He went up and he said, my job all these years has been to be the keeper of the springs. The water is no purer than someone dislodging all the weeds, the mud, the dead animals. He said, in most Christian lives, you got to ask, are you keeping the springs mm. unclogged? Yes. What, what might be blocking? What could be blocking? And really, at the end of the day, uh, again, what we, what we were talking about earlier in the program uh, is this misconception of who God is for many believers in Christ today and their fear of coming to him with this prayer. And, and that is some of that logjam that needs to be re- removed from most folks, man. He, our God is eager to hear from us, isn't he? Amen. He is amen. longing to hear from us. It's not like he's wringing his hands going, gee, should I answer that prayer? I don't know. Oh, you know, what do you know? Yeah. Now, listen, I, I read a book by David Jeremiah called Prayer, the Great Adventure. And in that book, kind of some of the stuff we're talking about today is one of the things that he says that you need to, he said, if you want to um, do well in prayer, you always should be reading a book about prayer. 
He said, I would read a, a, a book, at least a chapter a week on prayer. Just find a book, and even if you repeat a book, because usually in books about prayer, we hear history of God answering prayer. So it's an encouragement to the heart. Put, uh, pardon yeah. the pun, all pun intended, put a bookmark there. Okay. We need to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll pick up right where we left that bookmark because uh, Pastor Larry's just touched on something very important about your prayer life. And again, it stems back to the fame spreading the flame. Stay with us. Lifeline with Pastor Phil Howard continues. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 